This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to Grief Relief. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. My co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, is not on the show today because uh, a child in her daughter's school uh, was killed by a taxi a couple of days ago, and she's at the funeral and helping out the family, the eight-year-old. And I want to say that being able to be with these people and help them is quite a challenge, and I give my love to those folks who have lost their child and also... um, thank Heidi for the good she's doing and also bless her and help her today in the things that she'll be dealing with. So today we've got a really interesting show on a very important topic and that is very, very important to me and I know it will be to all of you out there and that's on forgiveness, forgiveness of yourself and others. And we've got a wonderful guest today and she's here with me in the studio, which is unusual because oftentimes we're on the phone. So Diane Martin, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Gloria. I'm glad to be here with you. So great to have you on. Well, Diane's uh, uh, 22-year-old son, Sandy, died many years ago, as did Scott, 20 years ago, uh, by suicide. And, you know, uh, for all of you out there who've had this kind of loss, it is, you know, so heart-rendering. And she has gone on to search and to find a sense of meaning and understanding and to give back through all of this. She's just finished a degree, and I want to congratulate you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, gotten a Ph.D. from California School of Integral Studies. And it's an, she's got a very important focus, which is on the journey of loss. And we'll have her talk about that. And she's identified nine. Uh, well, why don't you talk about the nine things that you've identified? Yes. In my personal experience and research, I've identified nine themes um, of mourning in the mother's experience of loss. Wow. That, that's, that's really important. And we're going to talk today about one of the themes, which is theme six, and that is unforgiveness. So what uh, d- compelled you to write on this? You know, didn't people warn you that you're not supposed to talk about these right. type of topics? And the last thing you want to do is do a dissertation right. on, on something like this. Right. Well, Gloria, that's precisely the reason why I did it, is <laughs> because um, in my own experience, you know, when I first lost my son, I really didn't understand what was happening to me. I really didn't. And, of course, I read all the, you know, the basic books on grief, and this was a while ago. And nothing I read connected with my experience, none of the theories or my experience. So it's been a long path and journey to my own understanding, and then finally compelled to really articulate this. You know, what is this experience? How does it work? And so, consequently, um, you know, I returned to do graduate work and to focus on the mother's experience of grief, and in my research, you know, which took quite a few years, um, dedicated to understanding this as a process, a psychological and spiritual experience, and also to look at, you know, grounding my own experience with contemporary theory. Where do the two link up? And what does bereavement theory have to say? And, you know, and so blending those two, th- you know, three things together actually uh, composed my work, which is The Mother's Journey, a forthcoming publication that I'm looking forward to publishing, and also to share this work with others, caregivers, professionals, and mothers who have gone through this experience because it is quite profound. Uh, We know that it's the most devastating kind of loss. 
Um, it's very challenging. It's ongoing. And, um, you know, my work, I hope to provide, you know, a pathway and a guide for understanding this. That's great. And and one of the things that you've really identified as forgiveness uh, was, talk about that experience for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in thinking about meeting with you today, I'm thinking about forgiveness, and it's an ongoing part. For me, um, in my work, that would be Chapter 6, which um, is really focused in guilt in the shadow. And so... Now, now let's stop uh-huh. there in yeah. guilt. Mm-hmm. When a child dies by suicide, there's a lot of guilt connected with that. Oh, yes, yes. How does that work? Well, it's true, just generally speaking, for anyone who has experienced a loss, not necessarily a mother, n- guilt is normal. That's just a normal part of the grieving process in that what could I have done, what could have been different, something I could have, you know, changed. And so for the mother, though, in my research and my own experience, um, guilt is a singular and very extraordinary sense of the grieving process for the mother. And so it's very much a challenge in working through what that is, particularly with the child and especially in suicide. Of course, we know that children, we lose children through illness, homicide, you know, there's many ways, but um, in addressing suicide, it's very, very profound. Now, let me say, I do run a group of compassionate friends. So uh, my husband and I, it's been many years since our son died in an automobile accident, Mm -hmm. and he was not driving. I, I think there are other, you know, aspects of that too. But you do feel guilt. I mean, gosh, uh, you know, people are surprised when I say that, Um, particularly sometimes when people are there with suicide. I know the guilt is strong, but they're surprised to hear I felt guilty, too. Why did I take him there? He wasn't driving. Why didn't I let him take my car? He would have been more um, careful. You know, there was a huge amount of guilt involved in that. And in fact, as a parent... Um, I think the primary caregiver is always feeling guilty. They're not home enough for the kids or, you know, there's a whole a whole guilt around it. But um, but that guilt after the death is huge. And, and I talked to these parents whose kids died of Ill- physical illness. They should have gotten them to the doctor sooner. Why didn't I notice she had a bump on her neck? You know, the guilt is just unbelievable. It's pervading. I would also expand that a little bit to say that uh, in my research and work there's also cultural guilt Mm. and this is one of the things that I hope to do in my work is to really lay out and identify the different things and the challenges that the mother faces for example in our culture and society we place a tremendous burden on the mother to be the all-nourishing all-protecting all you know all-giving and in our society, the success or failure of the child, it really begins and ends with the mother. Right, except, let me say something. Mm-hmm. I think that is true, but I call it primary caregiver now because I've talked to some dads who feel that same guilt who are raising their kids by themselves or grandparents. So I think there's a primary caregiver issue. Oh, that's shifting, connected yes. With that. Yeah, yes. it's, shifting. it's shifting. The ground is shifting. It's absolutely us. shifting. Fathers are more engaged. Thankfully, I'm very happy about that. <laughs> but it's really true. The mother is like, and so there's stigmas associated with losing a child. There's the cultural, what I call a cultural shadow and the personal shadow. So to understand, you know, that, that, that the terrain that we're in as a mother working through the grieving process is really helpful. And so you work through that and get to the personal. And so in How my, do we work through it? Okay. How do we work through it? Okay, I have identified um, it's really about listening to the inner voice. So it really begins with the inner narrative. 
And then, of course, that extends and narrative to sharing means with others. your story. Your story. We're absolutely. talking about narrative now. I keep hearing it on TV. I know. The narrative, the I narrative. Know. And I, I, I want to say, hey, it's yeah, all about story. story. How right. you're telling your story. Right. That's what the narrative is. And one of the things uh, that has recently come up um, is in working with grief and loss is telling your story over and over and over again. And I tell people, I think that is one of, you know, one of the things that you can do early on. It's a healing process. Keep telling your story. Find people who will listen. Going back to, you know, my work here, Gloria, so let's just get inside the psychological process of dealing with guilt and, and the inner dialogue. I call it the beginning with an inner dialogue, listening to the inner self. The first thing we need to do is distinguish between legitimate and illegitimate guilt. Because in the, in the first experience of loss, we are so overwhelmed, and as we move through that, you know, we're just very upset and feeling all these different multidimensional levels of guilt. So there's legitimate and illegitimate guilt. Then there's real and neurotic guilt. There's different kinds of guilt. And what we need to do, work through, is where we really are, you know, where we really are responsible, because none of us is perfect. There is no such thing as the perfect mother perfect. And so that's an inner process where we come to terms with our acts of omission, commission, things we've done, neglect. And once we can look at those misgivings, those misdeeds, even sins, if you will, once we can look at those head on, we begin to release psychic and spiritual energy and become liberated from guilt, which is a very destructive you know, I a very destructive we element. Become liberated from we become it. liberated. You know, my, my friend Byron Katie, and I think it fits in here, talks about three kinds of business. Your business, my business, and God's business. Yeah. And you have to distinguish right there whose business is it. God's business is the rain and the snow and whatever. Yeah. My business is my business. And my kids' business is their business. That is theirs. And, That's you know, it. we're talking a little bit about suicide today. Yeah. And if, ultimately, if someone takes their own life, it was their business. That is their life. It was their business. And it's hard to come to terms with that because we're so connected with helping them, take care of them, nurturing them, and all that kind of thing that it's hard for us to say that was their business. One more aspect to the idea of guilt. Moving further, um, and we do move through this, there's two kinds that have been identified of guilt. There's static guilt and animating guilt. Static guilt is where we just go round and round and round. Mm. Like, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I pick up the phone? Someone should have been there. Why didn't I do this? And, and it just yeah. goes round and round. And that leads to chronic pathology, uh, complicated grief, which we already know that the mother's grief is complex. But then there's another kind, and that's where we want to move towards, which is animating guilt. Animating guilt is where we sift through, we have that inner dialogue, we separate, I call it, um, actually there's three phases to that. First is identifying, mm -hmm. you know, where it's real, real guilt or real, you know, sense of responsibility. Then we separate that cultural voice, other voices. And then finally we integrate that parts of us that we were denying. Once we come to terms with that, we start to move towards our wholeness, our integration. But the animating guilt promises renewal. Mm -hmm. Because it's moving, there's change, there's movement, right. and that's what we want in this process. And let me say for the, you, uh, for the people who are newly bereaved, you mm -hmm. are going to be in that circle. Mm -hmm. As long as you're telling your story, you can, that's kind of, I think, the story is the way you work yourself mm -hmm. out of that cycle. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this is not 
a quick process, no. is it, Diane? I describe it as organic process because it's true um, that every person, it's an individual experience, it really is. You cannot say it goes from here to there. Or, you know, if we go back to the past, I mean, even there was a theorist in the past, Lindemann said, in six weeks you can be free of, you know, right. or, or, you know, it's like, it's insane. And then, of course, we back to the, you know, the big model that's dominated theory for so long, Kubler-Ross. So she's identified those things. But remember, we have to remember, that was for people who are seriously ill and dying. And she didn't even Doesn't believe in the whole model. And not everybody is angry. No, that's right. You know, not everybody even, even has Gloria. the stages. That is so important. You've said something I think is really important. Because for me, you know, anger was, you know, anger was there, but it was never a really big, mm -hmm. huge, looming issue. However, that sense of responsibility as a mother, mm -hmm. what could have been done? And of course, these questions go on, you know, as we go on and move through our life. But one of the things I wanted to just mention about story and also that inner dialogue that moves into sharing is that in story, we reclaim, we recover, we restore, mm -hmm. and, and you know, and we—it's really transforming, you know, uh, guilt towards the idea of forgiveness. And so, once we start to balance these feelings as a mother, we come to that deep, abiding, enduring love for our child, mm -hmm. and we know that love and sorrow, deeply connected, yeah. deeply connected. And once we feel that compassion, we feel it ourselves. We generate and hold that. The yeah. compassion and the love is the healer. Love is the healer. And, and I'll have to say, I said to my husband, we were talking about this little this accident that happened to this little boy, and I said, we were talking about our experience, which these always take you back to your own experience, and I said, I will have to say, my son's name was Scott, I am a better person because I knew Scott. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I think it was a day or so ago, I was thinking about that wonderful movie, um, I think it was Still Magnolias, I, I think it was, uh, anyway, where the mother says, I was there when that creature came into my life, and I was there when she left, and I was blessed to have the experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, just that feeling. Of and that's a long trip down the road yes. to be yes. able to get yes. to that point. It is not an easy And it's not process. a straight line. It's an organic, circular process. And so um, in, in moving towards, you know, balance and feeling the love for our child and compassion, what we also learn to do is to appropriate that love and support and care for our child to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We become a mother. We learn to become a mother to ourselves. Right. So this is one of, you know, when we become engaged in the process. Yeah. And this is, you know, um, all the theorists, you know, we can go on, uh, you know, uh, Worden, Rando, whomever, will say, you've got to get in there and do that work. I mean, for everyone, it's individual, but we have to get in there and do that work. And for, with mine, in the mother's journey, there's different identified themes that just are true and real. And we move through that. As we move through it, we're changed. I mean, we're changed. But what we do is process it. And, mm -hmm. and, and then what we become, life becomes deeper, more meaningful. Mm -hmm. and expands further, and, and we bless, you know, what it is we've had. We, it still hurts. Right. It still hurts. But you recover quickly. We recover. We do. We do. We do. And we, and we share, and we move on, and we, you know, join hands with like-minded kinfolk. Right. Well, let me uh, close the show by having you talk a little bit about if I have just had a loss of suicide in the family, what can I do today mm -hmm. to begin 
that mm-hmm. process. I know you had talked to me. We were talking on the phone, and you said you went to a group mm-hmm. that was helpful. Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting because if I look back on my own experience, um, I had a friend. Actually, she's a dear friend, and um, Betty Shaw, and uh, she's a great pianist. We're talking earlier about music. Um, you know, I think it had only been a few weeks, if that, having lost my son. And I was just really in profound shock, out of my mind. I just, you, you can't grasp it. You really mm-hmm. can't. So my friend Betty calls me up and she says, listen here, there's a group in San Francisco. You know, you really should do this and check it out. And at the po- at that moment, I think there was such a sense of vulnerability and openness. And that's one of the things we didn't talk too much about, opening the heart to compassion and forgiveness. But I was so open and vulnerable, and it's almost like you're in this sea of, you know, sadness. And I just grabbed it like a pre- preserver. And, um, and so uh, my partner, uh, Alan, you know, at the time we just went, and this was offered through the Institute of Aging here in San Francisco. I think they do still conduct grief groups. And so this was an eight-week group, group, and I didn't know what I was walking into. I just showed, put my body there. But the power of that, Gloria, really, because prior to this, I, suicide wasn't in my vocabulary. It hadn't been in my experience or my family. So I just showed up there and sat in the chair, and it was a large group. And Patrick Arbor, who runs that group, you know, for me, it was, as I was describing to you, flashing a light in this unknown terrain. I didn't know where I was. And so here I am in this group, and and this was for suicide survivors. And he talked about, it looks like this. This is what's happening. All these different feelings that you will encounter, so definitely you're in a state of shock. And, you know, to be compassionate towards the self, to take care. And so we went around the group. And one of the things that struck me um, at the time, I don't know why, but there was many people there who had said, you know, I lost my son or my brother or my sister 20 years ago, 18 years ago, and I'm finally here today. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, this is big. This is bigger than me. I need to be fully present to this experience in every way I can if I am to survive intact as a person in wholeness. I knew it instinctively. That's the instinct. Mm -hmm. And so week by week, um, you know, it was like I landed on some other planet and like, well, here's your light and here's what it looks like (laughs) in this dark cavern of of, um, unknowing. And he lit the way. And so consequently, it was a tremendous help to me to know the structure, the architecture of this place of profound loss. And uh, of course I did go on to find my own way. Um, You know, earlier I said I read books, but they didn't line up and consequently, you know, I've created my work too. Well, you do have to tell you, you can read all the books in the world, but your own story is your story. Yeah, it is. And and living Mm -hmm. through this experience and you are a living example of how you can go on and find hope and forgiveness Mm -hmm. And mother yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'm learning. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm learning it. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great, wonderful feeling to acknowledge and be in the fullness with it, and also to share a hand or a story with another person who's had profound loss and another mother. Absolutely, it warms my heart. 
We're looking forward to your book coming out. Thank and, you. And how pe- how can people get in touch with you? Are you doing any private therapy, or are you? What just, are you up to? Yeah, I'm just getting going. I'm preparing for an international conference, and you know, writing some articles. But they can uh, write to me at Diane, Diane L Martin M A R T I N dot com, and that website is almost up and running. And Drop me a line, and I will keep you posted on my articles and my forthcoming book, The Mother's Journey, and I look forward so much to sharing that. All right. Well, thank you again for being on the show today, and Diane's going to be on our television show, so you'll be able to find her on our website at opentohope.com, and she'll be there on YouTube. So thanks again for being on the show, Diane, and uh, you are an inspiration to all of those people who have had a profound loss because you're here today and you're up and running and and you're looking forward to the world with hope and energy and excitement. Thank you, Gloria. Thank you. It's been great. Thanks for listening to the show today and visit us at opentohope.com. God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, Others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.